Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller for My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the artwork that they do. And today, my special guest is Charlie Carter. Hi, Charlie. Hi. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> well, Charlie, I'm glad that we got to meet in the, your last uh, class for your degree. Congratulations on graduating. Thank you. So for the audience, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, so I am 27 years old. Um, and I guess I would describe myself as a storyteller, a not so closeted nerd, <laughs> and a dog mom. Uh, I live in very, very rural North Carolina. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. What kind of dog do you have? Uh, she's a lab mix. I'm not sure what she's mixed with, but she looks like a little black lab. Aw, what's her name? She's precious. Her name is Pepper. Aw, that's so sweet. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to get your master's degree? Yeah, um, it's actually a kind of a little bit of a funny story. Um, I never really thought that I would be a person who would want a master's degree. Um, I started out wanting to be in illustration when I was uh, first entering college and then um, ended up getting my bachelor's in textile design uh, instead because I really liked when you so I went to ECU and when you started at ECU, you had to take what they called survey classes, um, which was where you basically tried out all the different media and concentrations that they had. And um, I didn't really vibe well with the professor of illustration there um, or her particular curriculum because there was only one illustration professor. Um, whereas I really, enjoyed the textile design survey and um you know they did things like pattern making and screen printing and all of that and I was like super excited about being able to sort of combine illustration and storytelling with you know like fabric media okay. um but then when I graduated with that degree I realized that I still felt like there was a lot I needed to learn in the way of how, how to better get work as an illustrator specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I chose to go to SCAD for my master's. Nice. Um, and then you then went into illustration mm -hmm. um, because of your original interest in illustration. Instead of doing the surface design, you know, I was yeah um I still do you know pattern work um for me because I enjoy it and uh one day if I ever got the space I would enjoy screen printing again um but yeah I I think that my original love was just always storytelling and the best way to figure out how to get really good at that was illustration and uh that's why I kind of circled back around. Nice. And you had the your original characters that I thought were really, really nicely done from class. And uh, 
and you had mentioned in the discussion post that you had your own stories that you've written. Yeah, um, thank you, by the way. I, I really enjoyed making those, so it's, it's good to hear that other people enjoyed seeing them. Um, yeah, I, I have, so, I have these, I guess it's a trilogy. I don't know. It's, it's kind of long, um, but the plot outline of some uh, illustrated or graphic novels that I am in the process of. Um, and now that I've graduated, I really want to, you know, start pitching some publishers and seeing if I can get some interest. Um, yeah, so so that's in the works, and let's keep our fingers crossed for me. <laughs> awesome! I'm sure that you know you'll get some interest because your characters are really. Um, I thought those were really memorable and well designed, and thank uh, you. So it made me like, ooh, curious about the story. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's why I think you gotta just send it out and see see what happens and adjust and yeah, and, and but that's awesome. So you, what um, type of, I mean, because right now um, I know, but maybe the audience doesn't know is, do you have a, a preferred media and uh, medium? And what is that when you work on your illustrations? Yeah, so um, I will say that most often I work digitally. Mm -hmm. um, it's become my go-to mostly because it's, it's more efficient. Um, mm -hmm you know, you can use that little selection transform tool. And, you know, if that hand's too big, you just make it smaller and you don't have to redraw everything. Um, and so when you're trying to meet deadlines, that saves a lot of time. <laughs> um, when I do work traditionally, I, I actually would say that maybe I enjoy working traditionally more. Mm -hmm. um, but it, I'm very slow at it. I'm very, I, I like layers and kind of building things up. Um, so I usually do that when I feel like I have more space or, or if I'm just doing something personal. Um, but when I work traditionally, I like to use acrylic inks um, layered up with colored pencils. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I like the, um, been using those watercolor um, acrylic inks and I just love the vibrancy of them and they just really bleed very easily a little bit quicker than I think than if you did uh, watercolor they just yeah and I don't have to do a lot of layering of as in with watercolor yeah. I feel like there's a lot more layering so but yeah cool I haven't tried um, putting any kind of color pencil or anything like that on top of them or anything like that yeah, I didn't initially um, until, I, I don't know if you yeah. are familiar with her, but um, Tron, um, her, her handle is My Name is Tron, oh. and she's a SCAD alumni, yeah. um, and so I was following her and looking at yeah. her work, and she actually does, I think she actually just uses layered watered acrylics, um, but she also uses colored pencils, and I was like, oh, I should try that with my acrylic inks because yeah. um, she gets a really nice texture oh. in her work that I really admire. So yeah, that's, I kind of borrowed that little bit. <laughs> oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, I do like her work. It's beautiful. Very stunning stuff. Mm -hmm. 
So um, are there any other um, artists that inspire your work that you wanted to mention? Oh boy. <laughs> um, if you've been in class with me, uh -huh. uh, you you might have heard me mention, I always mention almost always the same two um, or three. Okay. Um, so I follow Charlie Bowater. Um, I, I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. Um, uh, I believe she lives in the UK. Oh. And she is a digital artist who does, I think she does some character design, but mostly uh, she does book covers um, for a lot of YA novels, um, fantasy stuff. Uh, and she just has a really beautiful digital painting style. Um, and then, so I have two traditional artists um as well that I wanted to mention so the first one people might know of him his name is Charles Vess um and he's been my favorite for years <laughs> I don't even know how long um but he also works with inks colored inks um so I I like to think that my style is partially inspired by him <laughs> and then um uh, the third I wanted to mention, uh, their name is Wiley Beckert. Uh, oh, yeah, I recognize the name. Yeah. Yeah, name. and they do, I think, mostly like fantasy trading card art, um, also with inks, and their stuff is just so 3D. Uh, I find it very magical. Every time I look at their stuff, I, it blows my mind. Oh. So is there any advice you could give us about maybe keeping some work-life balance, um, you know, because school and just life in general, it can get to be in your art, it, it can, in writing, can yeah. sometimes take over. Is there any advice you can give about balancing all that? Um, I would actually say that as an artist, that's one of the things I struggle with the most. Mm -hmm. Um because I feel like I'm always either overdoing one or the other <laughs> um and it kind of goes back and forth and um I think sometimes that's okay as long as you remember to slow down and take a break um my best rule of thumb that I think works best for me is I actually use a um I guess it's it's called a focus timer oh, um yeah. when I'm working during the day uh, so I have diagnosed ADHD. So sometimes uh, when I'm working, if, if I've been working on something for a long time, I'm very easily like pulled off to little distractions. Um, so the focus timer, you can set it to however long in like little increments you want, but I usually do about 30 um, and I'll just make myself work for the 30 minutes. Um, and then it gives you like a little break, like a five minute break or whatever. And then I just like let myself be distracted for those five minutes. <laughs> and then when it, it goes off again, I work for the 30. And um, I set that to go a certain number of times um, to make sure that I'm working for as long as I want to. And um, usually when it completely finishes, 
I call that my work day. And um, I, I try to protect the time after that, uh, you know, for the, the life balance half, you know. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes, you know, if you have a deadline, I, I have to keep going anyway. But yeah. as much as I can, I try to finish when uh, the last round ends. Gotcha. Well, that's good advice. I have actually um, a standing desk and has a built-in timer and I set that for every 30 minutes. So I just kind of like stretch and, you know, just even yeah. like that, just because you end up in the same position a lot. I don't know. My back starts yeah. aggravating me. Yeah. Hunched over. Definitely. So if you could go in a time machine and travel back to your younger self and give yourself advice about your art journey, what would that be? Um, I, you know, <laughs> I've thought about this a lot, actually, and, and there's not very much that, you know, I, I really regret, I guess. Um, I think that the one thing has to do with, so I mentioned that when I was doing the surveys for my bachelor's, um, I didn't really vibe well with that professor. Um, and I think my one thing is that when I submitted for entrance into illustration there, um, she looked at my portfolio and said something about forget the dragons and princesses and things oh. and I was like that's fantasy is my whole aesthetic <laughs> um and you know I was like 22 and just starting and I feel like her saying that really made me it made me really self-conscious oh. um and so you know, instead I entered the textile design and um, was working on that. And I actually didn't draw for a very long time um, because just her saying that uh, really made me feel like what I wanted to draw probably wasn't good enough. And um, I think that if I could go back, I would just tell myself to take her words with a big old grain of salt <laughs> and ignore her because um I mean there are a lot of fantasy artists out there you know there are still books being made about dragons and you know I I'm not sure why people come to have opinions like that but yeah I, I wish I hadn't taken it to heart so deeply yeah I think it's just you know I look at advice that you get and you just have to I don't know it just depends on everybody's experience and perspective in life is different. And unless yeah. somebody has had the exact same life experiences or they want the exact same outcomes with whatever they're doing, yeah. then maybe it might be applicable. But if they're not a enthusiast of sci-fi fantasy art, then they might not understand that genre and be like, you know, dismissive about it. So I think, yeah, just, yeah I think it just really depends. Like my husband and son, they're big board gamers they play D D and all that and so yeah. all of that is an industry that does seems to do quite well with what my husband and son are spending at the game store yeah, yeah. <laughs> from figurines to you know the merchandising and the board games and stuff like that so um 
I think it's actually great that you know what market you want to be in and that you're going to pursue that and write and illustrate for that because yeah yeah because I think at the end of the day it's really hard I for me personally and I think um I get it you know if you do more markets maybe you'll be able to make more money or you're going to be able to be more marketable but I find that I have a hard time keeping up with all those markets realistically it's a lot it's very overwhelming yeah um yeah I, I feel like I'm probably a lucky person to have uh you know known so early like what kind of subjects I wanted to draw and I feel like knowing that um really made it easy to figure out what markets that would fit in you know um and I do think that having a diverse sort of interest in markets um probably isn't a bad thing mm-hmm. um so I, I you know I think people who work that way you could probably use it to your advantage <laughs> yeah I think it just depends on the person to be honest. yeah I think it's an individual case-by-case basis and you gotta yeah. kind of take the advice or figure out what works best for you because yeah. like yeah it's just like one of those whatever you're passionate about you know yeah because yeah. I think it shows in the work at the end of the day because yeah know, that's what I found because I'm not as big as doing concept art or conceptual art and editorial is kind of and I feel like that's kind of what that market is looking for yeah in all cases but I just didn't enjoy it as much so I kind of gravitated towards more narrative storytelling Mm -hmm. so yeah I, I understand you about that so after you have created all your artwork and written all your stories that you want to, because I think as artists, we tend to say we are going to leave behind um, our body of work. And sometimes there are intangible things that we've learned throughout our lifetime that we could leave behind instead. Um, do you have three things that you would leave behind? Um, I think that I think that when I write my graphic novels, actually, I I think about this a lot um, because the stories that have always influenced me were, um, I I guess, emotional, like they had a a lesson or, you know, they made you feel, uh, you know, like there was hope Mm -hmm. Um, and it... I'm I'm one of those people that always feels like if I really enjoy a book, um, I feel like the characters become my friends. And then when the book ends, I get really sad. <laughs> um, so I think that I hope in my writing and in my artwork that I will instill that sense of hope in other people. Yeah. And um and I'll say that uh, I'm a little bit of a feminist in that I hope that um, just because of my personal experience, um, I can teach or I can send the message to maybe younger women that you don't have to follow the rules, <laughs> um, you know, and, and to each their own, everybody, you know, there are people who uh definitely want to get married and have kids and things like that and I've just I want to get married but I've never really wanted kids Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really used to people being, you know, absolutely astonished. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, maybe when you meet the right person, you'll want kids. And I'm like, maybe, but I don't think so. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I feel like it's important to, you know, send little messages here and there that, you know, you don't have to do what other people want you to do. You know, you have to do like we were talking about, you have to do what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, sh- you shouldn't be scared to do that. That's awesome. That's great advice. Yeah. Very thoughtful. And since this is a podcast and um, nobody can see your work, where could they go yeah. to see your work? Um, so currently the best place probably to see the majority of my work is my Instagram. Um, it's at King Charlie Studios. And then uh, I'm also on Twitter, um, which is, I would say, follow my Twitter if you want to hear uh, more about what I'm doing or, or maybe feel like a little more, um, see more personal posts, um, get to know me better. Uh, and my Twitter handle is at King Charlie Art. Um, yeah, for now, those are the two best places. I'm hoping to start a Patreon soon. Um, so if you do follow me on those, uh, be on the lookout for that. Nice. Well, uh, Charlie, thanks again for talking with me today. And yeah. everybody, thanks for listening to My Creative Life. Bye. Bye.